Welcome to the Lance Wellnow Show. Today is going to be a very special time together. And the reason is because I seldom get to look at uh, what's happening within the news cycle of what's going on and be able to right away thread it right into what God is doing in the, in the heavens and in the earth. I got a, uh, an indication recently that there's a year of consequence unfolding like we've never seen before. 40% of the world is going to be voting this year for the leadership of their nation. 40%, almost half the globe, half the economy of the world is going to be making decisions on what kind of countries they're going to have. There'll be a lot of fraud, of course, a lot of cheating, but there's a populist uprising happening all over the earth. Taiwan just elected uh, a leadership for freedom in the face of China. I'm going to cover what's going on globally and thread it right through the Bible and see how there's hope and there's time God's giving us. And in order to experience that, you have to be physically able to do so. As my demographic is getting older, we're discovering serious, uh, you know, prayer requests are coming to me, as we call them all the time. Pray for so-and-so, pray for so-and-so. There's, you know, people are, you know, heart disease and going for cancer and this and that. It's to be understood. As you get older, you have your body's outward man is wearing down. But I put together a summit that is right now taking place, which is going to have five experts in the area of super technology, such as the breakthrough in collagen. What's taking place that is like removing crow's feet from eyes and restoring nails and hair and skin elasticity and shine. Youth can be restored with certain nutraceuticals and certain uh, proteins and certain innovations such as 10, 10 sources of collagen you could actually be taking every day. Stem cells is a phenomena that is like overtaking the world in terms of the technological breakthrough, what's happening. I want you to get all of this information. I'm just taking a minute to tell you about it because you need to go to lancewallet.com forward slash summit. I've recorded all of the content. Perhaps you couldn't be there while it's happening. You can't be there right now while it's taking place but you could be able to get it all on recall, catch it while it's unfolding, and replay what you missed, lancewilder.com forward slash summit. This is the way you're going to take care of yourself physically for the year ahead. Now let's get into this uh, powerful analysis of what's happening in the world as the world decides what the nations are going to do. Welcome to a very important broadcast today. I want to talk about what's been happening this week from... Uh, Two perspectives. A friend of mine sent me an email. He said uh, he gets them uh, now and then. And it was, a, it was a critique that I thought was fascinating. He said the critique was, you know, sometimes when I'm hearing uh, some of these programs, they're talking about politics and news. And I prefer to have the spiritual and scriptural perspective. Well, it's kind of easy to... Um, to be either one way or the other. You know, there's all kinds of stations, programs that do just Christian Bible content. That's totally legitimate. And then there's programs that do entire, you know, current events and such. My experience is that Real America's Voice is one of the few places where the Steve Bannons and the uh, Charlie Kirks and the other people that participate actually infuse a bit of uh, spiritual awakening language and, and 30,000 foot perspective into the nitty gritty of what's going on in the granular. 
My experience is that a lot of believers, evangelicals, that are particularly the charismatics, they don't want to get into what's happening in the world. They want to keep themselves kind of um, optimistically insulated. And they'll watch a few programs. I do a Flashpoint program, a news program on Tuesday nights, Monday night with Victory Channel and a friend of mine, Gene Bailey. But if that's all you're getting, then you're not really, you know, you're, you're not getting what you need. So I'm saying that for a reason. I am going today to try to bring together what's happening in the news cycle and then take it to the spiritual and the, uh, the scriptural insight realm. And let's see how the broadcast goes. We'll start with Taiwan election, ruling party. What happened in Taiwan this week is, is big, a big deal. China has already assimilated Hong Kong. Uh, China's already, and we've forgotten about it. I mean, China, the suppression is there. Free speech is done. They're, they're under the police state of China, and nobody hears about it. Not a peep. I remember them out protesting and holding pictures of Trump because, weirdly enough, the world, when it's oppressed, looks to the United States as a hope. And then the world looks to Trump, not Biden, not Obama, never was that way, not McCain, not you know, Bob Dole, not Jimmy Carter. Trump is the guy they walk around because he looks like he might be the kind of strong leader that'll deliver the unexpected blow for freedom someplace else. And Trump is really making America great. He's not going to be your deliverer. But I saw it. I saw friends of mine in Thailand. I saw it in, um, in Hong Kong. And I saw it in Taiwan. They said, do you think Trump will stand with people? Their hope is they're looking for a leader. And I, and I think this is, in a, in, a, in, a, in a sense, it's a messianic longing for a ruler who will represent you against the oppressed. And it won't be Donald Trump. Donald Trump's working to try to save America right now, let alone the other countries. But it, uh, it brings to the surface something, and that is that there's a spiritual element to the battle. China is the rising power in the world, restrained only by the cosmic interference of God. China's going up. And as China goes up, America seems to be coming down. In fact, what was it that took America down with Donald Trump in the last election? It was the giant China virus. And if you want to be spiritually, um, you know, uh, astute, you could say China is already dictating the future of the world. In the Bible, you have this phenomena of principalities and powers. The prophet Daniel prays in the book of Daniel, and while he's praying, he's wrestling with spiritual forces. And Gabriel, a high-ranking archangel, there's different levels of angels in the Bible, the archangel being the highest, arche, uh, where, you, where you get the word architect, referring to the first of in terms of the Latin or the Greek. So the archangels are the, are the first strongest order of the angelic hierarchy. And Gabriel is identified with that. And uh, Michael is identified with that. These are interesting aspects of, of the biblical narrative. Daniel encounters Gabriel, who says to him, I am fighting with principalities 
in charge of the governments and the hierarchies of the spirit realm over Persia, which is modern-day Iran. And Daniel was um, subject, it was, was an occupied, um, uh, you know, let's, let's put it this way. He was, uh, Israel had been taken, Jerusalem had been taken by Babylon. So he is now a servant in Babylon serving these foreign rulers. And the time is coming for a shift geopolitically where Israel will again be given a period of time to be formed as a nation state. There's a prophet named Jeremiah, prophet who is prophesying that Babylon is coming. And he warned their nation that they were at a point of divine determination as to whether or not God was going to extend them as a nation state or whether they were going to be assimilated by a conquering power. Now, no American wants to hear this conversation. I'm a war room guy. I'm a MAGA guy. I'm a Trump guy. But I'm going to tell you something. God rules over the affairs of men. And uh, America is like at this right now. It's, it's, it's weird, but it's like at a tipping point of decision. I'm going to give everything I've got this year to make sure that Trump is given every opportunity to be able to be elected. But I'm amazed at how democracies can, be, uh, can make decisions that are suicidal in nature. Victor Hansen, uh, Vic David, v v Victor Hansen, has just written a great article recently on, on the suicide of the West, which is this, this descending slope of elites making decisions that are not in the best interest of the country. And this is what a populist revolt is all about. Isaiah the prophet and Jeremiah the prophet both spoke to political rulers. They prayed and engaged spiritual battles. And then they worked out the period of history that they had. And so with, uh, with that thought in mind, I want to tell you, Taiwan and China is playing out, the United States is playing out like the Bible stories of principalities and powers, angels in the heavenlies, and, the, and the, the, the balancing or the judgment of nations to determine whether or not they will be given an extension or whether they're going to go down. So far, America is not, not holding its own. It's been going down. And the question is, is it going down in order to bounce back? Or is it going down in order to pass the point of no return in this next election and then just go on a, on a descending, go, you know, descent? And here's the unthinkable. Who rules America after that? Do you really think that the Democratic Party, a corrupt Democrat, weak America, is going to have the power to autonomously just continue doing what it's been doing? it will come under the power of uh, a reorganization of global economies and global militaries. We will then take what Obama's always wanted, that smaller, more modest seat at a table of peers in the global community, rather than that towering force strutting throughout the earth that America's been since World War II, preserving the post-World War II uh, rules and law and economic system that has created so much freedom and prosperity. That era may be ending. Why do I go back to China and Taiwan? Because Taiwan, let me give you a little story here. I got two minutes, so I want to make sure I get this in here. Taiwan is wrestling in prayer. I've been to the underground church in Taiwan, which isn't so underground because they have freedom. But they meet in special places. 
and I've met with them. And I was with Sam Brownbeck, the ambassador in the United States for religious liberty. He was in Hong Kong on his way to Thailand, uh, Taiwan. And I was uh, thinking about doing some work with him because he was gathering um, all kinds of nonprofits and religious groups together for roundtables to preserve religious liberty. So it would be whether Muslim or Buddhist or Catholic or Christian or Mormon or whatever, religious liberty, and he would have religious liberty roundtables. Now, I was interested in that because I like the idea of convening all of the Christians in the nation to a roundtable meeting at that event. I wanted to talk to them. So anyway, Sam calls me up, and the guy's working with him. He says, Sam's a little shook up. He just was in Hong Kong. And he made a proclamation to that Christian, the strong Christian nation. Hong Kong has a strong Christian contingency in there. And he said, uh, and he spoke and he said, basically, China will, is in a war against faith. China is in a war against God, and it's a war they cannot win. And when he said it, there was crickets. Journalists were there nervously looking around. The people were there. He thought they'd go, yay, and there was silence. Well, Ambassador Brownbeck was kind of shook up. He realized that they were already intimidated and fearful about China coming in and taking over Hong Kong, and nobody wanted to be on the record that they were against China. Watch this. We got Taiwan. He says, I'm coming to Taiwan, but I'm not sure what's happening in Asia right now. I think there's a fear. I was with a group of 70 business leaders and pastors, and I said to them, I said, the ambassador is worried that you might be fearful like China, or like Hong Kong, and uh, that China is intimidating you. And they broke out into an explosion of laughter. It was weird. I said to the interpreter, I said, I say it again, that the ambassador is willing to come meet with them, but he's concerned that they're afraid of China and intimidated. And they broke out in laughter. And the guy who spoke English to me said, they understood exactly what you said, Lance. The fact of the matter is, Taiwan isn't Hong Kong. It's strong in its influence for freedom. I'm going to come right back and interpret what that means. What happens if a natural disaster takes place? We have these weird tornadoes that hit in the Midwest and in Texas, but look at the hurricanes in Florida. People can literally have their uh, houses flooded or they're in a situation where they have no food or access to groceries. Everyone needs at least a four-week emergency food kit. And fortunately, My Patriot Supply has created a four-week emergency kit. And these products will last for 25 years. The interesting thing is they give you a 2,000 calorie per day uh, meal. And that's the key. Delicious and 2,000 calories a day, because that's what you're going to need to sustain yourself for four weeks in a crisis. We had the, uh, a winter freeze here in Texas, of all places. And we had a couple of days where we had no electricity. I'm telling you something, this makes a huge difference. Mushroom rice pilaf, fluffy rice and mushrooms, seasoned with red wine and herb. And then how about starting the day off? Maple Grove oatmeal, old-fashioned oats, maple flavoring with a pinch of brown sugar. This is what you want to do, four-week emergency food kit. And that's just for you. Think about your children. Guarantee somebody around you is going to need help. You're going to want to at least have the four-week emergency kit. Go to lancewallacom forward slash patriot. Use that link, and you're going to get a special discount on their special four-week emergency kit promotion.
Welcome back. We're talking about the global battle of principalities and powers, the future of the United States and China. Well, I'm encouraged by what happened in Argentina. I'm encouraged by what happened in Taiwan. You see, China has made it clear that either by military subjugation or by diplomacy, they see Taiwan as belonging to China. Now, a little bit of spiritual mapping, we call it. What's the history? How did Taiwan end up uh, separating from China? Well, when Mao took over the mainland with this dreadful communist revolution, where everybody who had glasses basically was uh, killed or, or, or marked unless they were radically communist, because anyone who looked like they were educated or westernized was considered the enemy. They had a cultural revolution. It's like when you see the crazies on the left wanting to pull down every statue in America and, and get rid of uh, all, all religion, uh, all Christianity, basically. It's like, that, that's like, put it on steroids. It's the Maoist playbook. Undo your culture. Change your history. You don't even get civics anymore in school. You don't know about your founding fathers. They're all racist idiots. And we need, and the Constitution is a living document. As a matter of fact, let's tear it up and start a new one. So that's where the communist influence is in the United States. It's a Maoist playbook. It's a spiritual genius, really, on how to tear apart systems and rebuild them so that you have total control. Well, anyway, the uh, Chiang Kai-shek and the re rebels on the mainland, when they weren't able to win the war in the movement with Mao taking over the mainland, they went off to Taiwan. They hold up over there. So they're actually the free Republic of China, and that freaks out the rest of the mainland, which now has Hong Kong and Taiwan that has to be reassimilated into one China. And they mean business. Taiwan has $2 trillion worth of economic power that China desperately needs because it's sucking wind right now. And it has all of the, um, all those uh, digital chips that go into everything from your automobile to your refrigerator, to your air conditioner. And so they're the, they're the Silicon Valley of the East. And so it's going gonna, it's gonna to control a lot of the world's economy right from that place. But here's my point. The election just happened. And you need to now think about that great dragon of China rising up, the United States eagle floundering and going down. Will we see us rise up? I don't know. We'll talk about that. But we have the same problem that Taiwan has, which is in an open society, you have voices that can shape what happens. So I'll... Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go with the names here and do my best pronunciations. L-A-I, Lai, Lai, defeated his rival, the mayor, Hu Yu Yi, um, of, the communist, of the KMT party. This is why this is important. The guy that won, won on a platform of, we will not be assimilated or, or intimidated by China. That was a major issue whether or not the big Godzilla is going to come take over your little island. And the uh, Taiwanese, because of that strong faith community that's not intimidated, different than Hong Kong, there's only 13.6 million people that vote. Not a big turnout, but that 13 million 
is holding China in check and determining whether or not there could be a war with the West, whether or not the United States could be sucked into war. Now, now the, the, the House with Speaker Johnson, they plan on going over there. The Biden administration saying, oh, we're, we're, you know, we don't want to interfere. We don't, we're not saying that, uh, that Taiwan has to be independent. Biden almost acts like they got some goods on him or something, like he's afraid to not please the Chinese overlords. But the House and Speaker Johnson doesn't have that history with China. They don't have a Hunter Biden dossier of transactions and embarrassing leaks that can come out of a, a foreign government. That's part of what I think is going on here. It's like psychological blackmail. And so here's the deal. We're going to go over there and recognize the Taiwanese independence. We're going to help, and that's good. We're going to fortify and strengthen the picture of the United States is not all under the influence of Biden. We got a house that actually is standing with Taiwan, even though we will not recognize it as a nation because we don't want to totally irritate, like Israel. We don't want, everybody doesn't want to recognize Israel because they're going to, you know something spiritual when you're afraid of recognizing it and naming it because a principality is going to punish you for acknowledging its existence. Taiwan and Israel are both very similar in many ways. But only 7% of the vote uh, for the pro-independence guy, he got 7% more of the vote than the pro-reconcile with China. Maybe we could get along. Maybe we could work with them. Maybe we ought to pursue a graduated interlinking of Taiwan and mainland China. Can you imagine that? Only 7% of 13 million votes determine freedom versus communism, taking over a free, flourishing, Democrat, Western nation. Taiwan saw 69% of its voters turn out this year, which is strange because they had 75% come out in their last election in 2020. You would think that even more people would be turning out. This is the part that concerns me. The margin isn't as healthy as I'd like to see. 7%? Uh, yeah, let's keep the democracy, capitalist, uh, freedom of religion and freedom of speech thing here. I don't know. I don't know, Charlie. Maybe we ought to go with the communist Marx says shut down everything and, uh, you know, secret police knock on the door and take you and your wife, kids, shut down your internet if you're not playing the party. This is how close it is. And the news doesn't cover it. And I don't understand why I'm not hearing more about it. 7%. I'm happy Freedom won. I'm not happy that only 69% of the people decided it was important, which tells me there's some kind of confusion on the people. Uh, but uh, the pro-China party uh, has picked up some seats, evidently. Beijing insists that the people of Taiwan are Chinese, mainland Chinese, and by voting for Lai, Lai, they have now loudly declared they are not Chinese, they are Taiwanese. They're looking at that as being an offense. So uh, I'm taking my time on this subject because the good news is it buys time. I really do believe it does buy time. Uh, the new president says, we're telling the international community that between democracy and authoritarianism, we're still on the side of democracy. He's right. The Republic of China, Taiwan, will continue to walk side by side with democracies around the world. 
the Republic of China slash Taiwan. I always got mixed up about that when I was doing my diplomacy. So I thought it was Republic of China over here and Taiwan over there. But they consider themselves to be the true China that didn't go communist. Interesting. Second, through our actions, the Taiwanese people have successfully resisted efforts from external forces to influence this election. We trust that only the people of Taiwan have the right to choose their own president, meaning uh, they don't want China shaping the future of Taiwan. They want Taiwan to shape its own future. Third, in between three groups of candidates, we who want independence receive the most, meaning this country will continue to walk on this path. Well, I pray that guy doesn't get assassinated. And um, now, despite losing the presidential election, the communist-leaning party picked up 14 seats. So they had other elections going on. So it's kind of like their house and then their presidency. They picked up some seats which tells me China's doing a great job of selling folks on, uh, hey, it's not a big deal. You can avoid a war. You're not, we're not going to disturb you. And I'll tell you how, how the danger is. I have uh, some friends of mine in the wealthy class, shall we say, some of the um, multimillionaire business people that I know over there. And some of them, aren't worried about China. To them, it's like their business, their, their businesses are going to continue going on because China wants their economy. They want to assimilate it. They're not going to interrupt business. So there's an incentive in the elites to sell out the sheep nation independence of the country because they don't think they're going to lose that much. It's, uh, it's hard to educate people on the fact that freedom of religion is a high price to pay uh, for you. Just because, and probably these people don't have a strong church background. They're just, you know, Taiwan business elites who have fellowships they go to. But I'll tell you what, it's intimidating. I was on in China, uh, last time I was there, it was 2012, haven't been back since then. I was on a little boat that was gonna go around an island and the mayor of the city came on board our boat with the police to interrogate us. What are you doing? Why are you here? And the Christians who were with us stepped up and they said, let us do the talking. This is how it was during the old days. Um, we are just getting together in order to fellowship and uh, sing and we sing songs. And uh, they sang a couple of songs. One was called the Happy Man Song. Well, I'm a happy man, you're a happy man. They were kind of like, if you got to get this, full gospel businessmen type Pentecostals who would have Christian songs they'd sing, but then they had neutral songs they'd sing that were just positive songs. And they would do that when the communists were in their midst so that they didn't freak them out with their songs about Jesus and God and going to heaven. And so I'm standing there singing a happy man song with them, thinking, what the heck are we doing? And they're saying, we are simply encouraging each other. And they were speaking in a kind of a, uh, an abstract way to avoid us all getting arrested. Our boat didn't leave that port. We were, we were under supervision. Every event we did had surveillance. I couldn't wait to get back to the United States. 
And uh, we've got time, but not much. Where in the world does the time go? I'm going to give you a verse right now. The Lord has been speaking to me. Keep yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Keep yourself in the love of God. You don't have to leave it. You don't have to walk away from it. The love of God is a powerful healing force. Frees you from condemnation and frees others uh, because of your release to them. I'm going to remind you that this is uh, the month where we're focusing on living longer and being stronger. Go to lancewellness.com forward slash summit and find out about the, the uh, nutraceuticals, the uh, collagen, the stem cell technology, the breakthroughs in science and in other fields that Christians are giving us so that we can literally learn how to avoid collapsing, breaking down, and not being able to finish the race so that we live a full life and do what God called us to do. That's LanceWallet.com forward slash summit. I've got all the lessons there for you. If you missed the event, you can get it all on recall. You won't miss a thing. Uh, you're going to get so much out of it. I can guarantee you can lengthen and strengthen your life just by paying attention in the beginning of the year to a few keys. We'll see you again tomorrow. Did you enjoy this latest episode? Please remember to share it with your friends because the more knowledge you have, the better equipped you are to navigate the world.